From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, the next in our 60th anniversary series, Equal Opportunity for Women in Snow Sports. Now, when PSIA's seven founders sat down to form the Professional Ski Instructors of America back in May 1961 at Big Mountain in Whitefish, Montana, they had one goal, and that was to create a standard of consistency for ski instruction that would help draw new participants to the sport from across the nation. And now, six decades later, PSIA AASI teaches everyone how to enjoy more than just alpine skiing, welcoming every snow sports discipline, ability, and person. And each winter, PSIA AASI members embrace the opportunity to create lifelong adventures through education. And today, we cover one of the six of the most notable teaching benchmarks for the past 60 years. And as I said at the beginning, we're going to be talking about equal opportunity for women in snow sports. And joining us, we have Carol Levine and Megan Harvey Burke. Megan, Carol, thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure to be here with you, George. It's wonderful. Thank you for having us. Now, I really like the introduction with this interview because it's talking about the seven men who sat down to form PSIA. Carol, have we come a long way since then? Well, I would say yes. Um, arguably, it's taken a while, but um, it's really exciting the way things are starting to come together and gel in these last few years um, at the grassroots level as well as the our top leadership level. So, um, you know, somebody had to start this thing and it was those guys and we're ready to join in the fray. So yes, it's been a, uh, it's been great. The whole evolution of it. How about you, Megan? What are your thoughts on that? Well, a little bit like Carol, you know, somebody had to start something. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that, that women are in the fray anymore. We're definitely in the forefront a lot more than we were in the past. And you're starting to see, uh, I think, a lot more uh, female representation in all parts of the sports, uh, snowboarding, skiing, and X Games, and, you know, extreme events. Um, I think you're starting to see uh, women show up everywhere and show up with a strong presence. And I'd love to hear what both of you thought about uh, Bulgaria Interski a couple of years back. And the women from the team actually did a synchronized skiing presentation. We were the only nation that had that. I mean, it was really amazing to see women on the team doing the synchronized ski. There were quite a few. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. And I mean, in the past, there's been little um, snippets of that now and then where, you know, they'd get some of the different nations together and some of the women would ski together and that kind of thing. But this was, you know, this had a purpose, and they were sending a, a message about, you know, good skiing and and the fact that, you know, women are, like Megan said, at the forefront. And uh, it was awesome. They did a great job. So, Megan, what do you think has changed in people's minds? It's funny. I was just having a discussion with a 70-year-old cyclist, a phenomenal athlete, a woman who raced track at UCLA. And we were just talking about how, I mean, even late 70s, early 80s, it, kind of the longest race a woman could run in track was a mile because, you know, yeah. we just couldn't go farther than that. What was the big, yeah. what was the game changer there? 
You know, I um, I, I do think Title IX was huge. I think that Title IX in colleges and sports opened up the door for women to really shine. Um, and I think that in in snow sports in particular, it's it's been the, you know, for me being a little bit younger than Carol, not much, but enough that um, that I uh, have a slightly different generational view is that. You know, um, it's the extreme sports like the X Games where you see these women who are throwing tricks as big as the guys. And I think it's taken, you know, it's come from the ladies who aren't afraid to play with the boys. And then they, you know, in doing that and being successful, they become great mentors for the next round of, of little girls. And I think you're just starting to see, you know, over the last several decades, you're starting to see that young women are looking up to women now instead of to men. Uh, and I, I think it's just sort of, it's happened slowly and grassroots a little bit, but it's starting to explode. And I think now you can take a small, a small girl and, you know, she can choose from 20 different great athletes out there. Whereas maybe 10, 15 years ago, she only had two. So I think it's just, it's starting to just grow and expand. And now they're having models to look up to that are female. And Carol, I look at skiing with this. I mean, you think U.S. ski team and a few years back, it was Lindsey Vaughn. And I mean, what name comes to the forefront right now when you hear U.S. skiing, but Michaela Schifrin? She's my idol. She's my role model. <laughs> I decided to have a young, a very young person be my role model. So they're just saying that she's awesome. Um, one thing I would add to what Megan was saying is for, for the people who aren't for the women who are not um like you know strong athletically charged women um something that really helped i think is is equipment changes so that you know you could you could carve or at least get a good edge in the snow with the changes in the skis the boots started fitting women a lot lot better and um and then when the the um you know, all the fat skis came along, then everybody could get out and uh, ski easily in off-piste. And I think uh, you didn't have to be a strong, powerful person to bend a ski anymore. And I think that really did help uh, everybody, including the athletes, but um, everybody. That's a great Lots point. Women got out there, yeah. Well, and they really have made changes in equipment because women's skis used to have, I mean, be the same, but have a pink top sheet, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that was, in the beginning, that was the way they differentiated women's skis from men's skis. But now, structurally, the entire ski is different, and it's fantastic. And snowboards, for that matter. Had Love it if both of you would give us a, a little bit of your background and your history with PSIA. Um, Carol, let's start with you. Um, well, I, I uh, came from the sort of the racing end of things. I um, never did anything famous, but I loved working on my skiing through the medium of gates. And um, at, at one point before 1980, I moved to Sun Valley and joined the ski school, like so many people, to get a pass and ski at a great mountain. And I found out that I loved teaching. And um, a man named Carl Wilgus, who was on the board of directors for PSIA and had worked with um, 
Galway on inner skiing and some things like that was in Sun Valley. And he had said, you know, this the GSIA demo team needs, needs women on it. This was before 1980. And I took interest. I thought, oh, well, then maybe I should do that. And um, uh, made the team in 1980 along with Ellen uh, Post Foster and again in 1984 with Ellen and then with uh, also with Dee Byrne. And I tried out in 1988 and did not make it, and but I was hooked and I became an examiner and a trainer and all the things that you can do in a division and uh, moved to Colorado uh, to Vail and Beaver Creek uh, to work for the ski school there and was the training manager for a few years and um, since then, I everything I do is, and I'm just trying to stay involved any way I can. And uh, I'm on some committees and do some projects. And I have to say, my one of my favorite, most challenging, and educational and rewarding uh, work is to um, help with the selection of the uh, of the demo team every four years. I've been able to do that a few times. So I'm just trying to stay relevant right now. Megan? Um, well, let's see. I grew up in Aspen, Colorado. My mom was a ski instructor, so it was sort of in the family blood. Um, I grew up racing like Carol did uh, and raced for college at the University of Wyoming. And then um, after my competitive career ended, I was really looking for something to put my competitive energy into and Carol and Dee Byrne and Ellen Post Foster were uh, idols of mine. I had seen them on the national team in the, or in the 80s and that was when I was growing up a little bit and Nancy Oakes was another person who was a real big um, hero of mine. She was my ski racing coach for a while and then she went on to get on the national team and when I tried out uh, it was a little bit like that in 1992. I tried out for the first time, and that was the year or the four years that there were only men on the team in that 1988 to 1992. And it was a little bit like Carol. Some people around me had said, look, this team needs women. We need female representation. And really, back in those days, you know, you had to fight hard to get in there because it was it was still a boys club in some ways. And um, Carol and Dee and Ellen really opened the door for the rest of us. And so then I served, I got on, I didn't get on the team in 92, but I did get on the team in 96 with my identical twin sister. And we then served 12 years on the team and got to travel around and train ski instructors all over the country and all over the world. And it was just a very inspiring and, um, satisfying job and around and, and within all that, I've. Uh, I then taught at the Aspen Skiing Company for 26 years and spent time in Australia and Mount Hood and other places teaching as well. And it's been a great ride so far. So, Carol, what's it feel like for you to know that you really have been a role model and a mentor to so many people? Uh, and then your time on the demo team and, and how you've contributed there. And really, I'd love to have Megan expound on that as well. But, Carol, let's start with you. Um, that's funny. I, um, I guess at first being on the team, I, I, I guess it was, um, it was just good to feel that I could 
say, you know, see, women can do this too. And I thought that this would lead to more women each, you know, each trial, more women getting involved at all levels. And it, it certainly didn't happen. It didn't explode that way. But what I did find, so my role in my head was just to do the, the best job I could possibly do um, as a team member and then also, I guess, prove myself, probably the wrong word, but as a woman. And one thing I, I realized after, when I was off the team is, is I would travel around and meet, you know, we work with small groups of women and at ski schools and then in divisions and, and we had some great, great, great clinics with women. As a matter of fact, Megan and I did one in the Midwest in the Central Division and Nancy Oaks and Dee Byrne and I would uh, travel there quite a bit in the early 90s. Um, it was all awesome. And what I realized after was that all these different little pockets of women were, we all had similar needs and similar goals. And that inspired me um, in 1991 to start the uh, women's national women's ski college. And the first one was in 91. And it was because all these women needed to know that they weren't alone. We were, it was a big country and there were hundreds and thousands of women wanting and saying the same, the same kinds of things. And so it took me a while to realize that as a role, but, um, that was maybe the most important thing to me coming out of it. Megan. Um, yeah, I just, uh, when, when you have women ahead of you, I think it makes it a little easier. Um, Carol and Dee and Ellen really opened a doorway and Nancy opened a doorway for, um, people like myself and my sister Katie and uh, a friend of ours, Murmur Blakely, we were all on the team together. And then, you know, um, Deb Armstrong came onto the team, the Olympic gold medalist from Sarajevo in 1984. She was on the national team with us for four years. And I think that over the years and over the generations, it's become a stronger and more accepted element to have women on the team. And um, Carol and I were actually talking the other day and it was, when I first got on the team in 96, in some ways when I would show up to a clinic and I had 12 men in my clinic, I was in some ways almost apologetic saying, I'm sorry you didn't get, you know, some big strong guy. But then you, you learn and realize as you're on the road that you are, you know, a really solid athlete and you are a really inspirational instructor and teacher and you have good things to give and you gain confidence in yourself. And then when you do get exposed to the women in PSIA, um, they see that and it opens up the avenue for them to come forward. And like Carol, uh, I, a lot of times would have these smaller groups and it's very impactful when you can get into these smaller groups. And like Carol said, we did some clinics in the Midwest. We did some clinics in Jackson and Sun Valley. And uh, when women get together, and inspire each other it becomes a very powerful and escalating opportunity and it's just been for me throughout my career it's been a lot of fun and I've, I've moved into CrossFit now too and I coach at CrossFit I'm a level two certified coach at CrossFit now and to be able to take that same energy and influence and coaching and 
inspiration into CrossFit and women in CrossFit. It's been, it's been very similar to the ski experience, and it's it's as just as exciting as when I'm out on the hill with women and working with women on the hill. Well, you both must be very proud of the Women's Summit, the Women's Advisory Group, the Nancy Oaks Hall Scholarship, things like this. Where do you see PSI, ASI going in the future uh, to really continue this type of diversity? Carol? Um, well, I think what's really important is through the years, um, like Megan and I both said, you know, there was, there were grassroots conversations and now just, I mean, with society in general, but also, and especially in our organizations, there's been, uh, there are so many women speaking out at the grassroots level, um, in divisions, in their schools. And in all disciplines, it's been, it's just a numbers game. There's so many more than we heard in the past, but also the leadership, like I said, our top leadership, um, kudos to uh, Nick and uh, Dave Schuling and I mean, hell, my, go on and on, Wendy Shrupp and Katrina and you know, all of the names that are working constantly trying to figure out what to do next to make sure that this movement is a movement and not just sudden or I mean a, a you know a spontaneous but short-lived uh, uh, initiative for you know women to speak up so I have tremendous optimism that it's going to uh, uh, it's going to sustain. Megan? Yeah, I think uh, along with Carol, I agree. Um, and also last night I was on this webinar for the Women's Virtual Summit. And I think there were like 284 people online. And I think that that's sort of an extraordinary piece that has come out of COVID is that now uh, one group of women can affect that many women. You know, when, when, when I was on the team and, was Carol, and when Carol was on the team, you would go and work with these smaller groups of women, you know, 12 women here and 16 women there and eight women here. And now I think one of the good things that has actually come out of COVID is the Zoom and the webinars and just people knowing that they can connect from a lot bigger distances and in much bigger groups and have a much bigger impact. And it was extraordinary to see last night, you know, that 284 people were all listening at the same time and all getting the inspiration and the impact out of the talk. And I, I found that really exciting. And so I think you're going to see more of that and just smaller groups of women hitting larger groups of women in, in a, in a bigger sort of venue like that. And I think that's going to inspire and, and bring it up to the forefront even more. Carol, anything you'd like to say in conclusion? Uh, just uh Big thanks to all the women who uh, participated in or are participating in the Virtual Women's Summit and the upcoming On Snow Women's Summit, and it's it wouldn't happen without you. Also, um, like to give a shout out to Heidi Etlinger who started the summit back in the Western Division as just a divisional thing, and her vision was to create a national event and. Fast forward, here it is, and I think um, the quality, the quantity of people coming and the quality of the event is really um, something special, and I, I see it 
continuing for a long time. So thanks everybody for participating. Megan? Uh, well, one, I'd like to thank you, George, for having us on. This is really exciting. And I would also like to recognize Heidi Etlinger. I think she's done an amazing job with her summit and with her clinics and just very excited that women are staying in the sport. They're getting into the sport at all different ages. And it's, it's just fun to see and it motivates me to stay in there and to keep being sort of relevant, like Carol was saying. And that's what we all need to try to do at all times. And it's been really wonderful. Megan Harvey Bork, Carol Levine, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us on First Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you, George. It was great. From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.